All right, everybody. Welcome to Shug Me the Mooney. Hanging out here, of course, with Shug. Yes, and sir. Joel. What's up, guys? So basically, how you guys doing this week? Pretty good. Can't complain. Staying healthy, staying away from people. There you go. And uh, basically, one of the big things that happened the last couple of days was uh, MLB is back. And uh, it's a little different, of course, uh, but it's still like sports. You know, we got something to watch now, not just stare at Twitter all day. But of course, uh, you can't help it. Uh, with sports, there's always people talking about, you know, more serious stuff. So, uh, Shug, uh, what'd you think about MLB coming back? Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy um, with uh, shooting us on a on Friday, uh, July. 25th and um we're fresh off of the first yankee win of the season uh ranger short and one uh garrett cole made his debut 10 years in the making got a complete game because the the, the rain shortened uh the game but it was an official game so we won in five innings four to one and right before the game some news came out that supposedly the Yankees invited the president of the United States currently Donald Trump to throw out the first pitch on August 15th at Yankee Stadium of course there will be no fans and I was highly disturbed by it because as Joel could tell you and Mike you you know Throwing out the first pitch is like a ceremonious type of thing where, you know, you, you honor somebody by letting them throw out the first pitch. So, you know, teams will bring back old players or they'll bring uh, citizens that have done uh, astounding things. But um, I looked it up and it's very rare that a president outside of opening day throws out the first pitch. And for the Yankees to do something like this, I, I, what, are, what are you celebrating about Donald Trump? You know, there, there's going to be no fans in the stadium. And that's partially because of him, because his irresponsibility and his ignorance towards COVID-19 has cost over 130,000 American citizens lives. So why are we celebrating him? And if it were any other team, you know, I would be shitting on them. So I have to hold my favorite team accountable. And I do believe that at some point between now and then, uh, they will cancel him throwing the first pitch and and rescind that invitation or probably come up with some kind of excuse like, you know, uh, scheduling conflict or something like that. But, you know, uh, they they will see the response to it because while I was on Twitter – it was a very amongst the Yankee fans that I also follow. And these are varying degrees of people, uh, white, black from different areas. So a lot of people and official Yankee blogs, um, Twitter accounts had voiced their displeasure with this announcement. So I think Hal and, you know, the, the other people in charge of the, the, the team, and the management will read the room and understand that it's a terrible idea. So, Joel, um, you have any, like, quick thoughts on that? 
yeah, like like you said, it's just a really bad idea, honestly. Especially in the climate we're in, they even have Trump doing anything for baseball, first pitch or whatever the case might be. Even watching the game at this point, like you said, Shogun, it's kind of his fault that there's no fans in the field and that everyone has to keep social distance. It's his fault. But hopefully, uh, what is it, August 15th? Yeah. Hopefully by then, um, like I said, like hopefully, especially if social media actually, because I haven't seen much on social media about it, honestly. Like I didn't even know until you texted me about it. And mm. hopefully, you know, the more social media blasts it, I'm pretty sure the Yankees organization is going to try to find somebody else. Hopefully by August 15th. That's, you know, not too far away, but it is far enough that the Yankees, somebody in the organization can just call, even the players, for that matter, the players can, you know, post things on Twitter or Instagram in retaliation. They all kneeled. So actually they're showing that they care, that they're standing for something. So that's another reason why they should even cancel Trump on the first pitch. Because all the players, like, you know, they kneeled in solidarity. So bringing Trump in now, you're just kind of like, why? Why kneel if you're going to bring Trump? Yeah, well, why bring in somebody that's already voices uh, opposition to kneeling? Mike? Exactly. Yeah, it's actually, um, I'm thinking back to when we were younger, and I remember uh, George Bush, George W. Bush, threw out the first pitch, and that was a hectic time in America. It was right after 9-11. But uh, it was a way different vibe. I feel like uh, like 90% of the country was, they were like on the same page at that point. Uh, it was a different era. Uh, he came out there, and it was like, this big, big thing, and everyone was applauding. Uh, I remember that was like a big moment in 2001. Now with Trump, this isn't the first time he had some controversy throwing up the first pitch. So uh, when he was elected and he started, he took the oath in early 2017, he was supposed to throw up the first pitch at uh, the national game, the opening day, which is a tradition in uh, MLB with uh, whatever team is in Washington, DC area. And yeah, they, the white house declined and that would have been a full house. And he was kind of like a punk. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be around these fans that he knew he was going to get booed by most of them or a lot of them. And he kind of did like the punk move and he canceled it. And same thing he did with uh, the like, initial state of the union. Like he didn't want, he didn't want to do that. He was like breaking all these traditions, which is the epitome of like Trump, just like doing uh, the opposite of what we were, uh, you know, known to traditions. Uh, that's it. I feel like uh, he's only doing the Yankee stadium thing because it's going to be empty. Yeah. And now he can do a big moment, a big photo op, you know. He doesn't have to deal with his insecurity of getting booed and because uh, a lot of people probably boo him. It'll probably be 50-50 maybe. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll see what happens with uh, with that. Yeah, he was booed at the World Series, too, in Washington. Uh, he didn't even throw out the first pitch. They just showed him on the screen, and he got booed. And I actually remember a customer, was a, a customer of ours said that was disrespectful, you know, irregardless of how you feel about him. Uh, because he's the president, but, you know, this is a different president. You brought up George Bush. Like, I'm not a Bush supporter or a fan of George Bush, but, you know, he was, he was still presidential. He wasn't a polarizing uh, person uh, in the way that Trump is. 
But, you know, I wanted to, 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 to start off on talk, talking about that because, you know, uh, this, the topic we had planned first is a little bit more lighthearted in relation to Trump, a little bit more um, comedic. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. So we're going to talk about um, fictional characters that were fictional characters in shows like we watch that we think would be Trump supporters because I was watching, I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet. I want to um, attribute the actual person that brought it up because I don't want to steal somebody's idea, but the person I tweeted it, uh, his name is at Niles 100 N I L E S one zero zero. And the question he posed was, who's a white character on a TV show that you love but know would be a Trump supporter in real life? And his suggestion was Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. So uh, I open it up to, the, to, to, to my guys here. It don't, ha- it don't have to be a white person. Shoot, it could be an alien. It could be Roger from American Dad for all I, I care. It's just a, it, I thought it was an interesting topic to bring up. So we're going to talk about that now. If you get to know me, you know I'm a pop culture junkie. I'm a nostalgia guy. Uh, you asked me a question about some random show from like 30 years ago. I'll have like all this like facts about it. So you probably know that from uh, back at work, uh, like you asked a question. I'm like, oh, that one. You know, I just referenced these, these, uh, oh, you know, like these uh, esoteric uh, characters and everything. But uh, that tweet was uh, got me thinking and uh, I had a little fun with it. I was, uh, me and my brother would always joke around about uh, like different sitcoms and what the characters would be doing today. And especially with 2020, man, like a lot of things are going, going on. And I, I was imagining what these characters would be doing. And Shogo, you had a little fun with this too. What characters uh, were you thinking about? Yeah, so when, he, when I saw that tweet, the first, it took me a while to think, because you have to think about like everything you've watched. And, but but it's, it's a lot more, um, thought that goes into it because you know it's more fun if it's people that aren't like as obvious so the first my first thought was blue bloods which is a show on cbs uh that comes on i don't personally watch but my parents love cbs and watch like all the shit on on cbs so i passively watch it it's a show about a family of cops, essentially, like the grandfather. It, it's like four generations. So it's the the grandfather. He was a cop and, you know, he's he's like a, you know, senior citizen, like, you know, like in his 70s or 80s. Uh, Tom Selleck's character is, you know, the father or grandfather. Uh, his son, and he's the police commissioner. And then he has three kids. Uh, I think he had other kids, but uh, one of them died. So the oldest is Don. Is played by Donnie Wahlberg. He's a detective. The second oldest, his daughter, is played by Brigitte Moynihan. Uh, she's an ADA in the show. And the youngest son is, his name is Jamie. He's like a patrol cop. 
Oh, I think he's a sergeant at this point in the show. The show's been, it's 10 seasons deep now, so there's a lot of change from the beginning to the end. So, at first, I wanted to say, and it, it also has um their children uh, in it, and one of the, the main sequences in each episode is them coming together to have, like, dinner, I think, uh, once a week, the whole family. So, you get to see all four generations, you know, the, the, grand, the great-grandfather, uh, Tom Selleck, the grandfather, um, his kids, and then their kids. So I just chose our family because they're cops. Um, and if you guys have seen uh, any of the um, PBA and how the NYPD has been dealing with, you know, the criticism being posed to police officers today, you know, you'd see why. But I wanted I specifically, I don't think that the youngest one, Jamie, would be a Trump supporter because, you know, he's a little bit young and naive and he'd probably be a little bit more open-minded than his older brother, his father, and his grandfather are. But the grandfather was a cop in the 50s and 60s. So he probably went upside some minorities' heads with his flashlight back in those days, you know. Uh, no offense, Mike. He, he he's a, you know it's an Irish family, so you know how if you've seen The Godfather, you know uh, Irish policemen were on the racist side. So uh, no. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean not to offend you, Michael, but um, and then the the father's a police commissioner, so you know he 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 probably brushes a lot of police brutality under the rug and uh, Donnie Wahlberg he's like in his 40s and he's a detective so you know uh, like I I just had a I I just have a feeling like if if they were real people they would be Trump supporters and my second one is the surprise one that that's probably a bit out there and that's Tom Haverford from the show Parks and Recreation who's played by Aziz Ansari. And what we've seen with a lot of Trump supporters who aren't white, they tend to be people that seek white acceptance. So Tom Haverford's like real name, he was, he was a, uh, a Indian, his, he, his parents immigrated from India. It's kind of um, biographical with, uh, Aziz Ansari because his family migrated from India to South Carolina and Tom changed his name from a very Indian sounding name to Tom Haberford which you know sounds white yeah also he was uh in real life uh Aziz was like Muslim so that's like a double double whammy yeah I believe Muslim or Hindu I think he's Hindu nah, I think um He's on the well. I don't get into it, but he, I think he was on the border of India and Pakistan. I think I forgot. I saw his stand up, but it's been years. So it's, but uh, yeah, but just of course, it's yeah, south. yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll look it up um afterwards, just so we don't have him, you know, have him have that being wrong. And then he's he always jumps on fads, and if you see a lot of the young kids on TikTok with these racist memes, like you know, they think it's trendy to be you know a person like Trump. And he also seems like the type of guy that would admire somebody that has a golden toilet. And I think he would rationalize it because, you know, one of his best friends on the show is, is Leslie Nope, who, who's running gag is that she has a crush on 
Vice President Biden, who's, you know, the presumptive presidential nominee against Trump in this upcoming election. So I could see an episode where he's trying to explain himself and he says, you know, come on, guys. He says all this bad stuff, but look, you get a free hat. So that, that's why I chose Tom. And then the last person I have is Alan from The Hangover, who was played by Zach Galifianakis. Uh, you know, those movies that got, you know, went from great to good to terrible. Like, I fell asleep in the third movie. And the third movie was uh, more based around Alan, which is crazy because he's, like, the best character on it. But I don't have too many reasons for him. But if, if you've seen those movies, Alan is an idiot. And that's, that's usually the, the, the requirement for Trump supporters, you know, just to be dumb. So that, that's why I chose him. Joel? My character, well, my first obvious character that I thought of was Archie Bunker from All in the Family. Like, if anyone, I don't know if you guys have seen All in the Family or clips or whatever. Yeah. But Archie Bunker was, like, he is, like, Trump like in live form so if trump was in you know tv back in the days it would be archie bunker for sure archie bunker he was racist he was a homophobe he was a bigot anything trump is pretty much he would have been online person line to actually like vote for trump he'd probably go to the rallies maga had the whole thing he'll be a trump like pretty much a trump clone Second one, which is a little bit more funnier, Eric Hartman from South Park. He's another one. That, he's kind of like another one that's exactly like Trump in a way, because he's also the, the, his biggest problem, not his biggest problem, he has a lot of problems, but he's extremely anti-Semitic, especially towards Kyle, Kyle, I believe. Kyle, yeah, there Kyle. we go, Kyle. I was, gonna, I was about to say Kenny, but Kyle, he's extremely anti-Semitic towards Kyle. He's also like one of those, like his, one of his favorite lines is, oh, I'm an authority, I'm authoritarian. So he always has like this, yeah. He always has this like, oh, I'm an authority figure, but in reality it's like, you're you're just as big as big as Trump is. And I oh. had a, my- Oh, but, and, um, and Cartman Car- Car- actually was inspired by Archie Bunker. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone did say that, so that's that's cool. Like you, wow. you had, you had both of those yeah, guys. For you guys, both of them are literally like the same. It's only Eric Cartman's like cartoon form, mm-hmm. animated form. And Archie Bunker, obviously, he's like an eight year old. Rest in peace to him. He's an eight nine year old, um, eight or nine year old Archie Bunker. That that was the idea around Cartman. I have a third one, but it's. Actually, I have like four, but the third one, and I'm not really... No, go ahead, man. Do, do as many as you want. <laughs> ah, cool. The third one is uh, Red Foreman from that 70s show. Now, again, I'm kind of like, I have an asterisk on him. The reason why I think he will vote for Trump is because he didn't even like his own son. Like, he went in on his son. He didn't really like a lot of people other than uh, Hyde. Honestly, like he felt um, a lot of the people in the show were stupid or dumbasses. He called his own son a dumbass almost every episode. So he's like, and that's how I feel like Trump is. He calls his sons like dumbasses, he, you know, just like Red Foreman does. And I had like the fourth one is really a whole family from Get Out. Last names, I forgot. Oh man, pardon me. But you know, the, the if y'all seen Get Out, 
grows, she would definitely grow to trump her father, that whole entire family that they, you know, wanted to take pretty much black souls. Yeah, because we, we saw it together. So the interesting thing that you bring up about that, because he, the, the father said he would have voted for Obama if he could get a third. Yeah. Um, a second term or something like that. Yeah, so what that reminds me of, because, you know, I talk about how I went to college and I had a lot of people, and this was during Obama era, that, like, they would never bring up that they didn't like Obama. So you just assume that they would. And then years later, they reveal themselves to be Trump supporters and, like, I don't, you know, fuck with them anymore. So that, that, that's, a, that's, that's, that's an interesting and, and, and excellent choice. For, for that, the the Get Out family. Because so, every time I I just seen that movie, it's almost like wow. Like people out here really think like that. Obviously, a movie you can't take souls, but it's done in a way now that it's like pretty much got we we got to work for people in a way. And yeah, yeah. we we saw it together. I, I haven't seen it since because it was like it, it it was that like startling to watch it's an excellent film i don't understand how it didn't win best picture i think me and mike talked about that in a previous episode too hey mike, I, I didn't even see it i didn't even see it yet <laughs> there was like a two-year gap where i didn't see anything so don't take it you know it's nothing i want to see it maybe we'll i'll watch it and we'll do like a watch along or something <clears throat> yeah but again like i was saying me and my brother it was just like BS about like where these characters are now. Because whenever I watch, like I, I've been streaming a lot of shows and I know the last episode's coming up and I'm like, damn. And then that moment where it goes back to episode one, like, you know, season one, I'm like, hmm, I want to see these characters. I'm going to see what they're doing now. Yeah. But there might be a little, uh, there's the twist on it. All right. So I have three sitcoms that uh, I used to watch all the time and I still watch a couple of them. I'm just going to give a synopsis for each episode. Uh, if you want to jump in and, you know, after each episode, after every series, just go right ahead. But uh, this one actually came up with me and Shug. Uh, I've been watching a lot of King of Queens. And right as soon as I said Doug Heffernan, Shug jumped on me like, no way. Like, he said all these things about the character. And I was like, hey, well, hear me out. It's a 22-minute show. Uh, so I think it would start off something very, very minor. Let's say this is like May and like he works at a – UPS type thing, IPS. And like, let's say every May they have like a softball game. And in Doug's world, he's like, they canceled the, they canceled the softball game. Like that's his biggest concern. Yeah. And like his friend is Deacon. Uh, let's say they still work together. It's just like 2020. And Deacon's like, it's just a game, man. And Doug's like, no, but I need to get the trophy. Like he's so concerned about this, like, you know, just like very insignificant thing as a softball game. And Deacon like kind of like drops knowledge on him. And then they kind of have a riff. And then Doug comes home. And he's like, oh, man, you're right. Like, I got I to gotta think of the big picture here. And then uh, she goes, hey, well, maybe Carrie might be uh, might be a little Trumpy. Uh, and then I could I was picturing Carrie. Carrie's a wife. And she kind of, like, was, like, uh, backing up the whole Trump thing. And uh, we can get we can dive into that if you want to. But also, let's say if Arthur's still alive. Let's just say Arthur is played by Jerry Stiller, of course. Uh, but let's just, this is, like, a fantasy thing. But. He lived in the basement, and he was always up to, like, wacky uh, scenarios. He was kind of like a Kramer. Uh, so I thought that maybe in his basement, like, he's, in, he's going crazy because of lockdown. Yeah. So basically, he spends his whole day in the basement on Facebook, and he becomes this crazy conspiracy theorist. Okay, okay. And, like, 
Well, he comes upstairs and he's like, Doug? And he just, you know, whatever, whatever. Douglas? <laughs> he always called him Douglas. <laughs> we got to go to space or something like that. Uh, yeah, but then 22 minutes, we wrap it up. That's King Queens for me. Do you have any things? Or can I jump, should I jump to the next one and then we just do it at the end? Oh, no, because um, when you told me Doug, like I said, I was like, I couldn't see Doug doing that. I just... But in in the way I could see it, like like I said, I was like, now Carrie on the other hand, you know, she she usually she wears the pants in that relationship and kind of like push him pushes him around. And I'm not saying like Carrie would be a Trump supporter, but I'm saying like if she were, like I could see her like pushing him into being a Trump supporter, and then him or like a like you know in an episode where. She has him wearing like MAGA stuff and putting a like Trump flag in front of the house, but he has to like explain to like um his friends like Danny and um Patton Oswalt's character and Deacon. Like he has he's he basically says like he's only like pretending to be one, uh just to just to like not make his wife mad. Like I could see an episode on that, like if they did King of Queens today. Yeah, like I already think of silly jokes like I wear the pants in the family because hey, just because I wear shorts and because I feel you wear shorts, if yeah. I did that joke, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, Spence and Danny are the they, they probably have like their own small business that's going under, so maybe we'd be like God damn it, like we need we need to open the economy, but whatever. A B C stories, we got that covered. Next thing, maybe obvious. Uh, I don't want to be anti-Boston, but one of my favorite shows ever was Cheers. And I was just imagining, who knows if these characters are still rocking and rolling at this point, but with, you know, being, being at the bar all day. But I can picture, again, it's like kind of springtime or uh, early summer, and they're all waiting outside to come in. They're like, God, come on. Maybe we're in masks, maybe not. And they just want to get back into Cheers. And let's say Sam still owns it. It's mm-hmm. like a big deal. He still owns it. So he opens the door to come running in. And Sam is, in my mind, he is not a Trump guy. He's like, come on, guys, you got to wear the mask. You know, I'm not going to serve you. And then, like, they, they flip out, and then they talk about, like, Boston. And I can just imagine these guys watching MOB and, like, about the kneeling. And, uh, you know, they get a little drunk more and more, and then they just, like, go at it. Uh, you know, cheers. There's a bar. And, you know, crazy things happen. This is more obvious because in real life, this guy is super conservative. But uh, even in the show, he's a little bit conservative. But uh, Home Improvement with uh-huh. Tim Taylor, played by Tim Allen, and Tim Allen is very vocal. Uh, but I was just thinking about this, how, what he would be doing now, and everything now is like podcasts and everything, and he had like a local show, and he had a local like home improvement show, it was Tool Time. I figure in 2020, he's doing it on a podcast, and uh, and of course now, he can't have guests, so he has like a Zoom. And I had this, it's funny to me, but I could picture uh, Al being like super liberal, and let's say a couple of years ago when Obama, when uh, Trump took over for Obama, they had like a falling out. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think so, Tim, and everything. So he has him on the show, like kind of like a good building. Hey, come on, come on the show. We'll talk about whatever. And of course, like it always happens with like family reunions and everything where people are split politically. They get into it right away. And I can just imagine like the fights where like, and also with the lag in between the Zoom, like it, I, I, like the whole thing. But uh, Tim brings up Trump and he's like, you know, just with Trump, we, we know. He's right. We gotta we gotta open up everything. And then like Al brings up, uh, well, you know, wh- why are you so anti-Obama? He like he revitalized the uh, 
the auto industry because they're in D- D- Detroit. And then yeah. like, uh, like, ah, oh, he just like curses them out. Uh, he doesn't talk to Wilson anymore. Like this awkward when they're in the backyard because Wilson was trying to like talk about history and like how he's not, he's on the wrong side of history. And just Tim, Tim is just like, I don't give a shit. And he's like, you know, that just made me laugh. In like uh, a weird way. Tim Allen, former drug dealer, Tim Allen. Yeah. What? Uh, I found that out that's like two months ago. Yeah, you know what? So I was, I was like, what? I was him for Halloween one time. I had a fake mustache and I walked around with a uh, <laughs> the, uh, with you know, the, the numbers, <laughs> the 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 prisoner yeah. numbers. <laughs> I, put sugar, I put a little sugar in the fake mustache. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Lahren. Where was uh fellow conservative Tommy Lahren with her her thing like how she did uh, Beyonce? Your your husband sold crack cocaine for fourteen years, like. Tim Allen, you sold crack cocaine for 14 years and you snitched on everybody and you <laughs> dodged jail time. But yeah, I could yeah, see I, I could see, I could see that. I could see that. And then like the, the podcast would open up with of course he's a Detroit guy, so it would be uh, another vocal uh, Ted Nugent. Ah, Ted Nugent with this. You know, Ted Nugent is always on Instagram and like shooting up uh, rifles and stuff, like NRA stuff. But you know, that's a, just a um, what's the 2020 twist, but I always think about like what they'd be doing now. No. Yeah. Oh, we already talked about that. Um, yeah, this came up uh, not just a tweet, but a couple of months ago. Uh, Sopranos they have like a podcast now where uh, Michael Imperiali and uh, you know the guy who played Bobby they they watch every episode and they talk about it. And they had David Chase, the creator, on fellow Knicks fan. Yeah, so he um, I don't know if he came up with it like that day or whatever, but he was thinking about 2022 with his characters. And this was like in May, I believe. So it was mostly about COVID. Mm-hmm. But he had some funny, uh, like he was talking about like Holy Walnuts, like him, like Holy Walnuts is kind of like the eccentric character in the show. And he'd be like, yeah, I told you I was a germaphobe. I was right. I was right the whole fucking time. You know, like <laughs> I've been, I've been Lysol, you know, Lysol all the time. And then Tony's like being the sympathetic character. I think he's like sports betting, done. Fucking gone with the wind. <laughs> you know, like, you can picture that. And he's like, we're hurting now. You know, there's no bookie. There's no money in this and those stuff. It's just funny. Okay. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering when shows come back, when shows come back, how are they going to deal with it? You know, like everything has kind of changed with like social interaction. Like how is this going to affect things? Unless maybe they're just going to ignore it. And then, you know, obviously eventually people will have their like, vaccine or whatever, but uh, yeah. they talk about serious stuff in other uh, sitcoms. Like if you watch like sitcoms from like 2002, they acknowledge mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, like Grey's Anatomy said, they're gonna like address it. And um, you know, you guys know, but probably the people listening probably don't know. Like, you know, I'm an unabashed uh soap opera General Ho- General Hospital fan, and I haven't had a new episode of General Hospital since May. So you know, that's a daily show. So I want to see how they deal with like the time gap and how they'll, you know, address, like, you know, COVID, because you can't ignore it. And also, like I said, the time gap, as in, like, you know, the storylines they had in May, you know, whenever they start new episodes, it's going to be, like, summer or fall, so you know there will be some time had pa- has passed. But, you know, like, this this is a time for, like, creatives to to really, you know, flex their muscle, because... Uh, now you could you really like do weird things 
with 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 with, with um media now and just pick up where things left off or you know because a lot of shows they always do like whenever they need like a, um a boost in ratings or they they they've reached like a creative um impasse like they usually do some kind of like time jump so maybe like a lot of shows will will do that like all right like all of this stuff happened in between like the last time this was on so uh, i'll be interesting oh they could do a digital episode where like they're zooming and then like who's that in the background and it's like <laughs> it's, it's like the lover you know like but it's lagging though too because like the lag is bothering me so i, I always gonna keep up the lag so you see the guy kind of like walking by and he's like who was that that's the cliffhanger <laughs> well uh since we're talking about fictional trump characters the next person we're going to talk about is a character and apparently up until recently he was a trump supporter but now he wants to be president uh so we're going to talk about that now all right someone not a stranger to the controversy is kanye west so, you know, he's like a musical genius. He's also fodder for the tabloids and the media. And especially in the last week, he's been all over the place, figuratively and literally. Shug, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what are you thinking about this right now? Um, I think he, you know, well, first of all, he, he's, he came out as a Trump supporter like a few years ago when he went on TMZ and said slavery, he, he feels like slavery was a choice because his uh, position was that for people to, you know, be slaves for as long as, you know, Africans were, that they must have been, like, resigned to it and accepting of it, which is crazy. And Van, Van Layton actually confronted him while he was there at TMZ, so I'm proud of Van Layton for doing that. But he came out the other day because now supposedly he's running for president in 2020, which probably isn't going to be the case because it's a lot. It's it's way too late in the thing to even try to run, even as an independent, because he won't be on ballots. But he said that Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves; she just brought them to other slave masters. Uh, which goes in hand hand in hand with that statement he made earlier. For some reason, he likes to attack people from uh, 150 years ago, and uh, from from that that rally or whatever he had last Saturday, that was in Charleston, South Carolina, I believe. Um, his wife is asking. Oh, he actually had like a whole bunch of crazy tweets to go to coincide with with that rally. So people were really questioning, you know, him, you know, if he if he went if he's over the edge now, like. But his wife claims that, or oh, what's being reported is that he he's um having a bipolar episode, and they're asking him and his family, and his fans are asking for people I assume like myself for empathy and understanding during a time like this and i personally won't give it to them because i actually don't give a fuck about kanye fuck kanye i don't know if he's bi- bipolar because a lot of people use bipolar as a crutch for or or an excuse for when people act irrationally or um they they, they have changes in mood or seem crazy 
So it's always something that non-medical people and uh, people not of that expertise to to um, categorize people with. Because sometimes, like if I'm if I'm in a bad mood, or I answer my mom in a uh, in you know uh, angry way, she would say like, "Oh my God, you're bipolar." So some people use that, and I think. The reason why I'm so comfortable being able to criticize Kanye is because I feel like since his mother died and being a person who's, you know, very close to, to, to my mother, uh, knock on wood, if, if I ever lost my mother, I'd probably go crazy myself. And I think if you look at the timeline, that was 2007, his mom died. 2008 was when he had that whole incident. Uh, where he got on stage while Taylor Swift was accepting the award at the the VMAs. Interesting story because I actually worked um, with somebody that worked security that night at Radio City. Uh, They told me, you know, they had to kick him out. They had to get the um, president of Viacom to to kick him out after that. Uh, he, He was acting irrationally. But, you know, I've said he, he, something wasn't right with him since then, but since then he's only surrounded himself with attention attention seeking people and enablers amber rose was the first one she was there with him that night and then he eventually married kim kardashian who's been on tv with her show the keeping up the kardashians since 2007 so their whole life they're used to eyes being on them and wanting eyes on them uh, she she turned uh, having a sex tape with Ray J into an empire, so it just shows you how low. And the mother is like the the mastermind of the whole thing, so it just shows you how low that family it is willing to go when it comes to to gaining attention and and exposure. And his fans, all of his fans, every time he does something like normal people would would be institu- institutionalized. Or, you know, you would say like, all right, they, they, they need to be any, anytime he does something, what people know, you know, people from the outside looking in would deem as crazy. A lot of his fans justify it as being like some kind of like artistic brilliance. Whereas, you know, the shit is just simply not normal. And even that thing with, with Harriet Tubman, a lot of people were sudden, you know, his fans would respond to it. Oh, you gotta see the full video. You gotta, you nobody showed everything that he said. Da, da, da. And then when you see everything that he said, you know it, it's still just as crazy as the, the the large part of it sounds just as crazy as the small part of it. So that's that's why I personally don't really care whether or not he, you know, I I won't give him any of my sympathy, empathy, or understanding. Because I, I, I honestly just don't feel like he deserve it. If he really, uh, it's for pe- in order for people to get help, you have to want to be helped. And I think over the last 12 years, Kanye has let us all know he doesn't want to be helped. And I have my thoughts on it. If you, if you um, change the setting from a presidential rally, a Fugazi, a Fugazi presidential uh, campaign uh, rally, and you change him to like someone's driveway like his wife's driveway and he's saying the same things and crying and uh 
I, they use the word bipolar, but I'm gonna double check because I if, if it's anything, it's, I don't think it's bipolar. I think it's something else. Yeah, I had the I had the research bipolar before I even said any of this. Yeah, I actually just uh, emailed uh, my girlfriend, who's like a psychology, uh, like masters and all that, and uh, I want to get her opinion on it. Uh, but yeah, like if you change the setting where he's somewhere else, he'd be committed, but he's a revenue flow for. You know, he's like a he's a he's a business in himself, and he probably has like a staff of like forty or something like that. And then also with the Kardashians, Shug, you said the whole thing about the sex tape. Um, I was actually reading about that. Apparently, allegedly, uh, the, the mother was kind of behind it. She was thinking about doing it even before Ray J, because uh, of Paris Hilton. That's like she was like her uh, uh, assistant. She was uh, Kim Kardashian was uh, Paris Hilton's like. Uh, shopper who like buy stuff for her or whatever but yeah so uh a lot of a lot of scandalous a lot of uh scandal is what built the kardashian empire because you can go with the father he defended oj which is the, one of the biggest things in the 90s and you know the last couple generations so basically they're they didn't say anything during on saturday uh they didn't stop him if he apparently is you know what they say is you don't have a guy orchestrate a presidential campaign and then actually do it in in this whole rally yeah and I, I said that i tweeted that too when it, when that that tweet came out i was like you know if you're his wife then and you you already know he's having an episode why would you let him leave the house and have this episode in public where you know everybody's gonna have camera phones everybody's gonna upload it it's gonna be all over social yeah, Kim, media basically. but they they record their, sh- their own show they don't give a damn about that they have keeping up with the Kardashians. They, their life is on TV already. That's why they don't care about them. That's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like the, the like people are asking for you to care about him, like to, to empathize with him or sympathize for him and them. And it's just like you clearly don't sympathize with him or care about him yourselves. Because why would you let him hop on a plane from L.A. to – South Carolina, have him run out of space, have him set up a space, have, set up a space and a stage, invite all of these people to come and attend it, and have him speak. Like to me, as a spouse or a mother-in-law or sister-in-law or whatever, like where where was the intervention there? And now he's out here making a fool of himself. I mean, if anything, if he's gonna get any sympathy from me. I think that's the point I, I want to make, and I, I just haven't made it clear. The sympathy that Kanye would get from me is that the fact that he has all of these people around him that truly don't care for his well-being and are basically playing it up for their own gain. Because Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? Hove put him, Hove and Dame Dash brought Kanye to us. And let me not be mistaken, Kanye as at the very least a producer is a genius and him as a rapper is you know sensational he's put out like some great stuff and honestly i think like his downfall as far as music quality kind of coincided with this kardashian thing because i haven't really uh after um devil in a new dress came out i don't think he's had to me really good material or the material that he set the standards for with, you know, 
college dropout and um, late registration and graduation. Uh, even the one he did after his 808s on a heartbreak and Devil with a New Dress. So he had those five albums that were really good, not to mention all the production work he did. So his, to me, his music quality went down when, you know, his mental state uh, started to deteriorate. And let me just make this clear. I'm not a person that doesn't believe in mental health. If anything, I advocate it. And I've, like, I'll admit here, when I was younger, I had vision problems. When I was younger, I had problems in school. Come to find out, it was due to my vision and I needed to um, sit closer because, you know, I would squint when I, I would have double vision. So I went to the SUNY School of Autometry to find out what was going on. And they set it up where I would go and work on my vision uh, every week. And with that, my, you know, my mom also brought in, like, you know, maybe the problems with the school had something to do with the fact that, like, you know, I had a strained relationship with my father. So they, the, the SUNY optometry school also offered social worker um, therapy sessions. So I got to talk to a social worker for about like a half an hour to an hour, along with the vision, with, with, with the, the, you know, dealing with my vision. So I do that weekly and I actually got to got got to get a lot off of my chest that I didn't even know was there. And I actually went to see psychiatrists and psychologists. I don't really know the difference between them, but I I I did therapy on and off from uh, at that point, I was like 11 years old up until I was like 17. And even like today, I would actually like to go uh, get therapy regularly because there's a lot of stuff like, you know, that goes on in your life that, you know, I, I can't really, I don't really want to share with Mike and I don't really want to share with Joel or I feel like there's things I would share that you need a professional's opinion on. So when it comes to Kanye, I just feel like when he, when his mom died, he never really got to uh, grieve because he was in the spotlight. Remember, his mom died getting a tummy tuck. That's something that probably wouldn't have been available to them if he weren't famous. So there's, there's right. a lot of guilt there that he never got to get off his chest. And I think they never, they didn't, he didn't deal with it at that point, nor has he gotten involved with people that actually really care about his well-being that could have intervened and got him the, the help psychology, psychologically that he needs. And I think he ended up like self-medicating, right, Joel? Like he started taking like drugs and stuff like that, right? Yeah, he started taking like you know, pills and like, he ended up getting like real, like you could see like pictures of Kanye, like he was real big, like husky, like fat. So like mm-hmm. all of that, you know, it's like his mental health is really a big problem. Like you say, people say bipolar. I, I say he, he's just a Gemini. Like I'm sure I know you a Gemini, but. <laughs> uh, that's what I just tell like, Trump is a Gemini Kanye's a Gemini they're all gonna say and do crazy things just for the hell of it they want people to listen to like when it comes to like obviously I don't like him always you know degrading like you know Harriet Tubman what he said there and uh you know Sebi was a choice that's when you just gotta shut up Kanye like for real like but anything else him running for president 
I don't listen to a word that man says when he's up there ranting about being the president or this, that, and there. Like, not one word of it. Like, Kanye to me, first of all, when I first heard Kanye, like, I was going into high school. Like, so out of all the rap I listened to at that time, it was usually early 90s because I didn't like any other rap that was out other than like Ludacris, a couple. It was a couple. Obviously, Kanye, Luda. And a few others I was listening to. But other than that, like when I was in high school, I was listening to a whole bunch of 90s. So Kanye, as a producer to me, is one of the greatest. He's the reason why, like, not just Kanye, a lot of other producers, but the reason why I make beats now is because hearing Kanye beats made me want to actually, like, go on the computer. I never really thought of, I thought about making beats before, but that was just, oh, cool, it'll be cool. Kanye actually made me want to do it. So other than, I don't even consider Kanye a rapper either. Like other people write his bars for him and he just, you know, he recites it. So like I said, all of that just to say, I don't listen to a word Kanye says when it comes to being a president. He just needs to keep his mouth shut about slavery. And like, he needs, he needs help something. He needs to get away from Kim. He just needs to get away from that whole Kardashian family. Kanye just needs to get back into every. It's like, and another thing about Kanye, like nobody, I know Shug, you said you didn't really like his albums after like Dark Twisted Fantasy, but kind of his production, it still doesn't miss a beat, honestly. Mm. Like that's what I like Kanye for. His, he's a real, one of the best producers of all time. Like if you listen, like I don't even want to hear his words. I'll just go and hear his instrumentals sometimes. Well, yeah, all like, his, you know, uh, his latest albums. I don't even want to hear what he has to say. I just literally hear the beat. I'll go on YouTube right now and get every instrumental because he's just not going to sing. Yeah, because, like, on Jesus and Life of Pablo, like, the beats on, on there, like, the production was great. Just the, the content. Isn't... Yeah, yes, he has not missed the yeah. beat with his production. Yeah. His beat-making abilities is one of, he's one of the best. So that's all I care about, Kanye. When Kanye comes up I was like all right so did he make a new album what beat he made what beat did he produce that's as soon as I hear Kanye it doesn't take me to president because I know for a fact I'm not voting for him not even a little like no please it's not happening yeah when it comes to his slave go ahead no and the the thing with the the um the slavery thing that I, I don't like and I addressed it um to you guys before this is that it gives like racist people license and that's why i hate about all of these like uncle toms that go on like fox news or on whatever thing like the jason whitlocks the kanye's the candace owens that spew all of this like anti-black shit and it basically validates it for racists to say it because they'll say oh like you can't say it's racist i heard it from kanye it ain't racist. I heard Jason Whitlock say it. it ain't racist. I heard Candace Owens say it. And that's why I feel it like that stuff is dangerous. Yeah, that's my only gripe with Kanye. It's like, stop bringing up slavery, saying slavery was a choice. And, and Harriet, it's like, come on, cut it out, Kanye. Like, if you really do, like, how do you expect somebody to even vote for you? Like, seriously. And like, I his- think just because Trump is out here being, he's already president first and foremost. Mm-hmm. We could even, I could even dig deeper than that and say the duo was, he didn't even have to run. He was already going to be president. I could, but I'm not going to go there or whatever. 
Yeah, and then like, like the, Kanye, like mm-hmm. like how you expect to follow and say what Trump is saying, doing what he's doing, and expect to get voted in? Like, come on, just not cut it out. I yeah, don't and, take nothing, none of that presidential shit that he's talking about serious, not one bit. And the thing about him, the presidential thing is, I, I find like funny, and I tweeted it, was that like, you know, before Saturday, between the time before Saturday and his like announcement that he was going to run quote unquote, you know, all of his fans and stuff like that were like, Oh, you know, fuck Trump, fuck Obama, fuck Biden. I'm going to vote for Kanye. And then today is, Oh, he needs help. So you're basically admitting that you were willing to vote for like a mentally, uh, admittedly mentally unstable person. So who? So somebody needs help. I don't even think it's just Kanye. <laughs> the whole world, this whole planet needs help. I've been saying it for the longest. Like people need help, and it's like the order I'm getting, the more comfortable I'm gonna like be with saying that. Cause like when I tell you, people are weird, man. I'm talking like just like I don't like when people just try to rely on the next man or woman so damn much. Like just follow your heart, do what you wanna do. Right. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned uh, Kanye West production-wise. Uh, this this goes with, uh, this leads up all the way to today. I'm going to start from the beginning. So he came on the scene with, like, he was on the blueprint, right? So that was kind of, uh, like you were saying, Joel, like early 90s up until 90s, that style. And then he made, he started Segway, and he was kind well, of... Blueprint, it was like 2000s. Oh, okay. But like, uh, yeah, so Blueprint, he put him on. And he was kind of the bridge into like the 2010s, which was uh, a different type of uh, hip hop and rap. But in the 2000s, they they still had that whole like uh, party vibe. And uh, uh, you yeah. remember that, that era, everyone was like hyping up the whole uh, bling bling thing and everything like drinking and like the, the freaking. Uh, right, that's when I just, I just want to love you was uh, a lot of ludicrous stuff. Yeah. So like party. Anthems. Uh, yeah. So then his mother, who was in the spotlight, she passed away suddenly you know, for a, a surgery, a cosmetic surgery. And I remember right away, it was like one of the VMAs. It was either the one before or the one with Taylor Swift, but he was on the red carpet acting like kind of weird. And there people were like laughing and he had like a huge, not even just like a regular, like a huge Captain Morgan. And no, he was, was drinking Hennessy. his name. It was Hennessy. It's the same. It's the same on VMAs that he, he did the Taylor Swift thing. Oh, it was Hennessy. All right. So he was just drinking a lot of alcohol, a lot of liquor. I remember he was on the red car down and they were like laughing about, not laughing about, but they were like, oh, he's having a good time tonight. And then that happened. And then the the decline started. Uh, and then with this week, uh, Saturday, the whole rally happened. And then he he started doing all these tweets, shooting off all these tweets, attacking people's minds, like his in-laws and his wife. And that's when the Kardashians sent out their publicists. And then that's the first time Kim said something is when her name was mentioned. And she was kind of like doing damage control. The only way they know how is like with the tabloids and stuff. And if you go on Google now, every to- every six minutes or every six hours, you hear another update about the whole Kanye and Kardashian thing. So it's just like, it's just like the tabloid father. They, they use this and uh, going with the whole, the weird, you know, Hollywood lifestyle that Kanye's in, he's in now, uh, the Kardashians. They live in like a compound, like a like a, ma- like a mansion. They all live pretty much like 24/7 there when they're shooting the show, the series. Like they have like multiple series on E. So that's a, that's bizarre to begin with. I know Kanye is bizarre, but like living in a, a basically a TV studio, 
and then uh, Kanye's in Wyoming now. And what he was saying was like, I can't even see my kids and all that stuff. Uh, so he's up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he's retreated. And I asked my girlfriend, she responded. She goes, I don't know if it's bipolar. He has bipolar elements, but he, she thinks it's a combo, like a trio of manic behavior, uh, bipolar, and depression because he fled. He went to Wyoming. He wants to be alone. So that's like a cocktail, you know, waiting to go off. So we uh, talk about a lot of mental health and who knows, like Hollywood and entertainment is crazy. We saw it last week with uh, like Nick Cannon and everything. So yeah, keep up. We'll keep up with this. This is not going to go away. Yeah, and this is like if you if you'd have told me like in two thousand nine that like I would be more hype for like Taylor Swift dropping than Kanye. Like I I you know I wouldn't I would be in disbelief because Taylor Swift dropped last night and right after we finished with this shit, I'm about to listen to the album because Taylor Swift is my shit now. <laughs> is that ironic though? Like. He was uh, Kanye was supposed to come out with a album today or whatever a surprise album and she had her um you think that's one of the things that she was like, war ready man she was war ready okay like tell us that Kanye does these same things just to get attention don't give the man attention give give him help is he no dwelling does he think that's the moment where people just turn on him like he's is he dwelling on that like one of the things that he just like thinks about like uh, he wanted to be loved by the public you know a lot of artists they want um. They just want attention and love, and this is his way of fucking, you know, getting it. But uh, listen, his his fan base has changed from like real hip hop heads like me and Joel to like nutcase black people and white people. So fringe, yeah, fringe class, yeah. So so yeah, that's, that's the that's the crowd he plays to. And if if they were around, I know he's the one. He's kind of like the architect of that whole new style where people are like more into emotions and all that uh, i'm simplifying it but if that happened like in 2015 where he was walking around acting bizarre maybe they would have intervened earlier because like again like i was saying I was oh, well, to- he's he's like i said like i've been saying like he's done he's been doing weird shit since 2008 like this is nothing new that's why i feel like i said i feel comfortable when yeah, people everybody when he was like uh boy she doesn't care about black people was that old three uh, no, that was, I think that was, after yeah, Katrina. that was, like, no, yeah. after Katrina, so, like, 05. It was 05, and Mike Myers was, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know it's not funny, because it was terrible. It was one of the biggest things in American history, the Katrina. But, like, Mike Myers was, like, okay. And that's, like, Kanye turned into a meme, you know. A lot of celebrities just turned into this thing, so we don't think they're, like, real people. So, we're going to see this keep going on. Um, yeah, well, like I said, he, he's been doing weird shit for, like, 12 years now. So, that's why I'm, you know, I might sound arrogant and ignorant when I say, like, miss me with that, oh, his mental health, uh, he needs our empathy. Like, I, I just say miss me with that bullshit because y'all clearly haven't cared for the last decade. So, don't act like you care now. That's that's just my, my stance on it. Kanye's a damn billionaire now when you... Oh no 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 no! Not there. I don't even fuck. Now listen, listen, listen. When you reach a billion dollars, you're gonna say do whatever, anything. Like he doesn't. I don't like. Kanye's already there. I don't agree with it either. No, I don't believe that's what it is. I don't believe he's a billionaire. Like Kim, Kim has nine hundred million. I mean, and she probably Jay Z is a billionaire. 
What you gonna say? Cause he probably does, business. but you 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 don't become like a billionaire by association. You don't have it. He doesn't <laughs> have it in his bank, but like he's yeah, worth it. Kardashians had money to begin with. He was a you know the lawyer and all that. Um, I find it hard to believe. I mean, I, I hear what you guys are saying, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I'm late to the party always. So like, I got into Kanye when like right before the whole thing. Like in 2006, of course, he's on the radio. And I was like in high school and everything. And then I was like, oh, I actually like oh, this guy's. Uh, I thought he's weird to begin with because I didn't like the album car. I was like, oh, this is like nerd. It's like nerd geek stuff. And I was still listening to like underground and like early 90s rap too. Uh, yeah, so I, I started listening to him. And then everyone was like, ah, oh, he's weird. I was like, all right. And I guess I'm late to the party. All also, right. uh, l- uh, listeners who've been uh, listening for a while, uh, the music here is created by Joel. So just keep that in mind. All the, all the music that we are ultra. There you go. Am I yeah, don't, stop taking Kanye serious, guys. Like, he just, like, matter he's fact, doing all of this for attention. Matter of fact, Joel, me and you got, like, a personal story about, uh, before we wrap this up, about Kanye, um, his weird shit actually impacting us. Because remember when, I think it was, like, the Yeezus store? Uh, he was supposed to come to New York in, like, December of that year. And around August, like, he was becoming known for, like, starting the show, like, wherever the show was at on that tour, he would start the show and do, like, 20 minutes of it and then stop and leave the stage if, like, the crowd wasn't, like, as hyped as he wanted to be. Yeah, and I I remember telling you, Adam, I was like, yo, like, I swear to God, if he, if we bought tickets, because they were expensive as hell, if we bought tickets to go to that concert, and he like didn't show up or he stopped the show after 10 minutes like i remember me and you would joke that we would have like like hunting him down and beat his ass to get our money back for real yeah that reminds me of one of my i like rock stars you know most of the people i like you know i'm a prince is my main but i also like a lot of 80s and 90s like uh rock stars like metal and all that and that reminds me of Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. He would show up. They would all show up like an hour and a half late. They would do like one song and just like bail. And then like, there was a big riot that happened in like 91 or 1990. Uh, they stopped the show after like 10 minutes. And this was after the guy from Metallica burned his like arm, <laughs> burned his like whole arm. So that their concert ended in 10 minutes. And then Axl Rose stopped. And he actually was kind of has like a, a similar background. Like he had a lot of issues and all that. And that's just like one of those type of characters who just like lash out you know and everyone considers Ox Rose like a good normal guy who got into this whole rock scene and overwhelming but I don't know we'll see I know know earlier like past episodes we spoke about relationships not so much like single relationships but you know we discussed Will and Jada's Mm -hmm. relationship and cheating and infidelity as well as you know domestic abuse with Johnny Depp and his uh, ex-wife's spouse. We never really got into, well, I say all of that to say that um, on Facebook, I ran into this meme that says, put a daddy in a full-time mother position that he'll fold. Now I, you know, I'm not a father. I know, Shug, you're not a father, Mike, you're not a father. So I can understand how one might not have an opinion because I'm not a father, but I would like to be a father one day. And that statement just, you know, it bothers me a little bit because there are some things that men can do, but that's, you know, naturally, like breastfeeding, for example. Obviously, a man can do that. So 
of course a man will fold if ever having a breastfeed and even still now that I think about it a man probably wouldn't even fold just because he doesn't physically have breasts doesn't mean you can't get breast milk from somebody and put that in a bottle and feed the baby so now that I think about that also I feel like this statement again I'm gonna say it again put a daddy in a full-time mother position bet your fold that just sounds like it just came from somebody who just really hurt like they had no real father figure in their life or they don't know other father figure they don't know you know their friends might not have a you know a father or what have you their own father personally was probably you know rude to their mom what have you so that whole statement like i said it just sounds like it came out of someone who's just hurt because again breastfeeding and obviously carrying the baby of course that whole nine months in the in the pregnancy that's something that a man can't do we can't physically carry babies we're men we don't have a womb to carry babies but any other duties i feel like a man can handle just as better as a woman honestly when it comes to raising a kid so i just like that's just my two cents on that yeah it also sounds like somebody who probably chose the wrong person to decide to have children with yeah because i also seen a tweet like a while back and it said um the, the tweet was, how are you shocked that your child's father uh, doesn't take care of, uh, why, how, how are you shocked that your child's father treats your child like shit when he treated you like shit? Didn't you watch the trailer? <laughs> exactly. And that's what this or did, like. Didn't you see the preview? Like yeah. Um, it sounds I, exactly like that. Yeah. And like, I mean, if, if the, um, I mean, you, you have seen, uh, cause technically, uh, trans men or women who have transitioned into being men, they have like carried babies. So that's the one instance where you'd see uh, a man, so to speak, carrying a child um, or the 1994 classic Danny DeVito Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> Junior. <laughs> that's where you can see a man carrying a child. But um, and then lactating yeah. too. I, I think if you asked us to lactate, it'd be quite the challenge. <laughs> but my- yeah, uh, there's actually there's a show on TLC right now. Uh, my my husband's having a baby or something like that. My uh, mom was uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a transgender woman uh, who's transitioning to a man. Uh, so that's that's the thing. You know, that's the thing in the on TV now. Uh, yeah, I think that tweet. The, the initial tweet is. Of course, nothing is like completely universal, but that's like more of a, like, a personal, like, anecdotal, uh, personal experience. And exactly, you know, with social media, people jump on it right away and like, that's not me. And like, they put their own personal twist on it. But uh, again, like, it's just probably one person's opinion. And then one person sees it and they, they, they apply it to like every man, which is like the problem with like kind of our generation where uh, everything is so like 100% one way or the other. And uh, yeah, so personal experience, of course, I don't have a kid, I don't have a child or anything. Uh, I have, I'm a divorce, uh, my parents were divorced, so I spent time with both. Uh, my mom, obviously, like, they both both worked like all day long, like 10 hours a day um, for most of my childhood. And uh, my mom did, did a lot of like, you would consider like masculine things, like feminine and masculine, like my mom, but then she also took care of like, money you know like the bills and everything and 
that's kind of like the the stereotype is like taking like your dad would be the one to take you out and do something fun mm-hmm. like a, take you to a ball game you know but like you know my mom did that stuff and at the same time my dad he did that too but he was also kind of like you know like comforting like he did they're both like 50 50 it was kind of weird where they both had the qualities of feminine and masculine like which is kind of interesting i haven't really seen that with uh a lot of people I grew up with, which is interesting. And with today, um, it's kind of like damn if you do, damn if you don't as a man. It's like they want everyone to get on the same level, you know. But if you – this thing I hate in the last, like, 10 years, I hate the man up phrase. I was like, oh, I hated that hearing that for, like, 10 years. It's like, well, what does it mean to be a man and everything? And what does it mean to be a father? And then if you act one way, which is, like, typical, like, masculine, like, oh. Like a typical man. I think, I think I've heard more from women on how to be a man than actual men, honestly, from my personal experience. I've heard way more women, oh, this is what it takes to be a man, 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 this, this, that, you do this, you do that. Make your woman happy by doing this or by doing that, not by doing this. Mostly like what I've heard, oh, this is what it takes to be a man or from a woman. So it's like, how can you, like, again, going back to the, mean so what you think is a, a father position full-time father duties like you said mike going out to like you know the dad usually takes the kid out to um play sports do the sports what have you uh outdoor activities so what happens is like all of a sudden if i say well, a woman can't do that now i'm a sexist now i'm misogynistic now i'm this that and the third so it's like but there's really no but there are, are women that do that. I mean, our, um, recently retired CC Sabathia, uh, if, if you was following him last year, you know, they had a lot of interviews with him and his mom. And when he was a kid and he was trying to, you know, learn how to pitch, he had to play catch. And I guess his father wasn't in, in, involved. Uh, she went out and got catcher's gear and actually used to catch him and now he's like on a way he's on his way to the hall of fame he's a hall of fame pitcher and a world champion just off of his mom doing something that traditionally uh women would i mean men would do exactly. or the father would be doing but how would i sound out my mouth saying oh that's usually a father duty moms can't do it or they'll fold i'm just gonna sound misogynistic automatically yeah, so I think yeah, like, so that's yeah, Mike. It had um in in different communities like uh like in a like black community like they need more of like a father figure and like uh like an older male figure in people's lives. Uh and then also Which is a myth. Um the, the whole yeah. uh absent black father is a myth because Yeah. There are absent fathers and of every different race. Uh, it's not something that's more prevalent in the black community. It's not something that's less prevalent in other communities. So it's it's, it's like an awful stereotype, and it's it's essentially a myth. Yeah, it's just uh, to keep you know just to make people feel like less than. Uh, but also in another another news thing I heard a couple years ago is that. Um, I don't know if it had something to do with like bullying or something like that. And they're saying that like man, uh, boys um, are like, acting out and like they don't know how to control their emotions. And so there was a lot of like seminars, like uh, bringing like men into like talk to them. 
And I remember a lot of the weirdly a backlash was saying like, oh, all these all these guys getting together, you know, how come we can't have a woman thing come together? Like right away, it was just like, can't even like again, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Like you, you can't try the whole, you can't like try to improve yourself without being uh, seen as misogynistic or, you know, male. Like, you know, like Joel said, like if you say something, you're like a sexist, you know. So it's kind of like people are uh, tiptoeing around making male children feel like good about themselves and everything because I feel like a lot of the attention is towards uh, other groups and stuff. And if you want everyone to be on the same page, you can't like, you know, criticize guys and kids with uh, male figures trying to gather and don't try to like, uh, you know, um, like they don't deserve like getting attention to like because a lot of other communities too are in need of you know intervention and all that yeah i think like the the question that or, or what 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 we've been dancing around is like gender roles so as i stated earlier in the in the show like i watch soap operas that's something you know because soap operas were created they were sponsored by like you know the detergent um companies because they knew women would be at home uh, during the time these shows would be on. So they, they'd fund the soap operas because, you know, women's eyes would be glued to the TVs. That's why they call soap operas. And, you know, I'm a big fan of those. So that's something uh, men, you know, usually are not into. And another thing I've talked to both of you guys about, I always say, like, I want to be a stay-at-home dad because, you know, I'm a creative person. So, I, you know, if I was to be, like, you know, the homemaker or whatever, it would give me time to write. It would give me time to do this show. It would give me time to be creative. But at the same time, like, I'm used to, like, taking care of kids because my brother, my my, my youngest brother, he was born when I was 17 years old. I was a senior in high school. So I used to take care of him in the afternoon while my, you know, my, my mom and my stepdad were at work. So I'm used to doing, you know, what Joel would describe as like the motherly roles or what's been established as motherly roles. And I even do some of that so much so to the point, like I do some of that stuff now, like I'll, I'll watch my, my, my nephew from time to time and I'll be doing, you know, the nurturing type of thing. So you know, where most men, you know, it, it it would be thought that men would run away from these type of things. Like, I run to it. Like, I don't mind, like, taking care of kids or being a person. Like, I cook. Um, That's one of my favorite things to do. That's something that's been set. I like to cook and I like to clean. Things that have historically been associated with women, rightly or wrongly, so I, I I don't I don't find issue in doing, you know, full time mommy stuff, personally. Yeah, and I don't feel insecure about. Yeah, I wouldn't feel insecure about, like my wife working. You know, like that's like that's out the door now. Uh, you know, I know some people have this traditional, well, you know, this constructed idea of what a, like a family, a nuclear family, should be. Uh, but that's all stuff you see on like on TV too a lot. Like, I, a lot of people didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up like that. And I don't have an issue with, uh, similar to what Shug was saying, like being at home, taking care of like uh, domestic things while, you know, your significant other 
is out pursuing their own goals and everything. You can't feel like insecure or bitter about it if you're not like out there. And at the same time, uh, you wouldn't assume like if you get with some, uh, with a woman, like, you're, Oh, you're not working anymore. You're going to be here. I think that's out the door. I don't think like that. Um, I know a lot of people don't think like that. And uh, the meme, the tweet is kind of like a backwards thinking thing. And again, it's fueled by a, like a personal experience. Uh, of course, a lot of people probably would agree with it, but in a personal sense with me, I think uh, that's, that's not the case. It's not a universal, universal uh, truth. Just I gotta cut like gender roles. Like I said, like just like Shook said, like I I love cooking myself. I could cook, I could clean. Like whatever you think, like whatever the the, the feminine is, like stereotypical feminine thing is to do, I can do all of that. Obviously, not the natural thing. Breastfeeding, carrying the baby, even being like nurturing. I'm more. I'm not too much of a nurturer. I'm more like protect and provide. Like I could nurture. But like obviously that's more like a woman thing. I don't know. I don't even want to sound like, you know, like sound crazy like that. Obviously men could be nurturing. I'm just saying me personally, I'm not as nurturing as like let's say like my girlfriend now would be to my kid. It's just any, anything else I could like this. I could do. I could change a diaper. I could bathe the baby, hold a baby. Like I could do all of that thing. You know, mother role. And like the thing is, like I learned the the way you go about life, you learn from your parents. So like my stepdad would work, and he'd come home and cook dinner. And my mom, like she'd work and she'd cook like far less than like my my stepdad did. So, and and the thing that they both like implanted in me is like you got to learn how to cook, you got to learn how to clean, you got to learn how to wash your your um, clothes, stuff like that. You can't expect your wife to do those type of things um, for you, which is interesting because I brought up like a, yeah. a, a, I actually came across like a tweet where a, a, a woman said, ask a man what a good woman is and watch her, watch him describe a slave. So in response, I said, uh, you know, in, in jest. Oh, yeah, I, I remember said, that. Yeah, I said, ask a woman what a good man is and watch her describe a John. And, you know, I wanted to, like, I, I clarified it in, like, a later post. I was like, you know, I want my wife to be, like, pretty. I want her to be confident. And I want her to be somebody I could have an intelligent conversation with. Um, I'm going to ask both of you guys, is this, does any of that sound like a slave to you? Like, honestly, it could be said about, like, there's some women who want men to be Prince Charming, Sir Lancelot, climb up your hair. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a damsel in distress. Climb up my hair and save me from this castle and this drag. That's what some women want. That sounds like a bitch to me, honestly. If that's what you want out of me, then I'm not for you. So, preference, like, I don't care what she thinks. Like, oh, that's your preference, sweetheart. What do you do? Just stay away from me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be someone's man if I know that's what it takes. Like, so I'm doing that. Yeah, relationships, a healthy relationship, shouldn't be one-sided. You know, it's got to be like 50-50. Like, you have to make some concessions and like uh, compromise. Uh, of course, you have like your own, your own uh, needs and everything, and you have to take care of theirs, and then they'll take care of yours. That's like, it can't be one-sided. That just leads to unhealthy 
unhealthy uh, behavior and everything. So I think it's all about mutual. Especially one-sided, like financially too. The one who's the most financially stable is going to get annoyed a lot quicker. Yeah, and I That's think, another thing too. And I came across like another video uh, some guy posted on, I think like TikTok or something. I'll, I'll send it to Mike in order to, to put this when we put the, the YouTube video up. But it was basically him, like, posting his wife, like, not, you know, complaining that, like, she did all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. he didn't help her at all. And I guess he he put it out there to make it seem like his wife was, like, being a nag and, you know, kind of, like, to make fun of her. And I just watched that video. And I was like, bro, like, you're, like, it just felt uncomfortable to watch, like. And let me tell you right now, like, I'm not saying this shit to, like, you know, suck up to women or try like simp out or whatever, whatever. This is just my feelings on it. It just felt weird to watch a guy like hear his wife just list all the stuff he does and think it's funny. And like, even like the first two things like she mentioned, like after that, I would have been, you know, as a man, like I would never have my wife in that position. I'm, I'm like, if if you're married to me, like you're not, you, you there's nothing. I'm, I'm gonna have you. I'm not gonna have you as a slave. Like, you know how, like you do this, I do this. Like you clean, you make up the bed, I'll wash the sheets. Or everything gotta be reciprocated. Yeah, like you you make up the bed while you make up the bed, I'll start breakfast or some you know something like that. Or you drop the kids off, I'll pick them up. Like it wouldn't be one sided. And I I think I think that the the root of everything that we're talking here is just like situations where like a mother feels like she does everything, or a father assuming that his wife has to do everything. And we're just here to to dispel that that myth, or at least for us, because we can't speak for all men. And at the same time, like that person I posted, that can't speak for all fathers. Yeah, like I don't ever in my life ever play like gender roles. I was raised by women, so like I see my mom, grandmother, great grandmother, rest in peace. Like, they all bust their ass. Like to this day, my grandmother still cooks. She's in her 80s, still cooking. My great grandmother, rest in peace, she was in her 80s, still walking around cooking. My mom, to this day, she's still working, even though I don't want her to. I told her, like, I got you. Like, you don't got to work. She still decides to work anyway, because, you know, that's how she is. That's how she was brought up. So I was raised around strong women. And it's just like, I never, ever, ever in my life felt like, okay, let me be the man in terms of, uh, you know, being macho or being, you know, I, oh, I have the final word. Like, I'm not that type of man. Like, we both discuss, we both come to a conclusion and we discuss as a couple. I'm never, like, the the one, maybe, okay, when it comes to money, because, like, I'm just better than money than my girlfriend right now. So that's when I, you know, when we argue about that, I'm probably the one that's, like, all right, in charge of that. But anything else is just, like, it's 50-50. Like, that's all that matters. And the relationship will go a whole lot easier, maybe not longer, but it will go a whole lot easier. Everything is just reciprocated. And that's just the bottom line. That meme or statement that she said, again, she just has horrible father figure in her life, or her friends have horrible father figures. She dated someone or, you know, ended up getting pregnant by a piece of shit. 
and now she's just upset. Now all fathers, all men are, you know, can't do what moms can do. And it's just sad that that's how some people think. Right. Yeah, we're talking about gender roles. Um, I think at this point we should just treat it as like personalities because uh, you, the you feminine and masculine, like you can have this trait that is attributed to uh, a certain gender. And I think we're going to be realizing that that's not really the case. And it's all about personalities. And you could be like, like, like you showed, you said that uh, you're a creative guy and you, you don't mind being home and doing all that stuff. Like I was with people who didn't get me understanding, like me to want to do creative stuff. And they're like, why don't you just like, like when you're like 18 or whatever, just why don't you just get this job and like you focus on the money and like work and work and work and you don't have this outlet like I went into like media and like tv and stuff and uh people then you know didn't stick around because they're like oh this he's not making money you know uh, but I pursued it and I you know achieved a lot of goals and people would seem like oh but you're you're here now like so what, you have an investment what's your bank like what's your bank account like and I think you feel more fulfilled if you just follow your own like goals and everything and if that is necessarily what you consider like a, a masculine role well then that's their that's their that's their issue and you just gotta be and then when you become a father just don't fall into the trap of being following like cliches of like man who you know is distant and everything to feel how you want to feel and you know you can be nurturing and you know just be yourself and you don't have to worry about other people, uh, you know, shitting on you for not following this, like, gender role. All right, so final thoughts. So we had a lot of fun today. First, talking about fictional characters and our favorite TV shows that we assume or think would be Trump supporters in real life. And, you know, I talk about uh, multiple occasions on this show how, you know, the political dynamic in this country has shifted ever since um, Donald Trump uh, threw his hat in the ring and eventually became the president of the United States. And it just has become an area where, um, you know, before it was, you know, you know, if you were conservative, you know, you didn't agree with the liberals or if you were liberal, you didn't agree with conservative, but you could still see those people as, you know, just people with different beliefs than yours. Whereas now, you know, with Donald Trump, if, if you support him, it seems like you have to question, you know, people's moral standards because you're basically saying like you, uh, even if you're not racist, even if you're not misogynist, even if you're not a bigot, you know, you don't mind those things as long as, you know, uh, the other things you agree with are fine, which I think is, is, is a terrible place to start your moral compass. So, you know, I gave my reasons and I, I enjoyed hearing uh, Mike and, and Joel with, with their different um, ideas on who would be characters and why. And Kanye, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I don't really have a horse in his race although i say i don't care uh what happens to him like you know how how this this whole thing falls out i don't wish any physical harm on him and i hope like he doesn't harm himself 
Um, I hope he, at some point, you know, gets the help that he needs. But I think that the people, my my issue isn't so much with Kanye himself. It's just like his fans and his his family. Because especially, you know, something like my, my, my stepdad brings up a lot where it's that, you know, it's one thing to be with somebody, but when you have children with them, you're basically involved with that person for life for the sake of the children. So I don't know how he'd be able to fully remove himself from that Kardashian fold. And his fans, you know, like you can't, you, you can't have it both ways. Like one week you can't, you, you know, one week you have him as, you know, a person you'd use your right to vote. Uh, somebody you, you'd vote for, for president, you'd, somebody you think is strong enough to lead a country. But then a week later, you start seeing people's reaction to his, you know, eccentricity and you, you, you're, saying he needs help and you think people are being you know people are being callous uh by you know basically ignoring uh what what they deem to be a call for help so you know that with his his supporters if you truly do care about him um you can't encourage his behavior which i think they have been doing for 12 years and i said i feel comfortable in my theories on him because I had been saying for years and you could look up my my Twitter search anything when he's he's done crazy stuff and I've always said I was, I was like I think a lot of it has to do with his relationship with his mother and the fact that she's no longer here unfortunately and bringing on motherhood you know I, I learned how to be a man from my mom and my stepdad and they taught me to be self-sufficient and I plan on being that same way with my children and teaching him or her, you know, how to take care of themselves and be independent. So this idea that fatherhood is, or motherhood uh, carries a lot more of the baggage than fatherhood. I I don't believe that because a lot of the fathers I know, uh, the ones I do know are still with their um, children's, mothers one is married you know they seem to be good dads and they seem to do have an equal relationship and raising their children so as far as i'm concerned i don't think i think that's a bit bit of a myth and i think it all boils down to um choosing the right partner so that kind of goes hand in hand with the kanye thing like once you lay down with somebody and you um, decide to have children with that person. You want to make sure it's that right person. That's why I'm child-free. I can't speak for my partners here, but I, I, I figured that's a, a factor in it, in, in the reason, you know, they aren't parents either. So that's my final thoughts on that. I'm going to go, like, from the back, starting, you know, the last topic with the, you know, baby mom, or not baby mom, but it's mother, mothers just being better off, like, in a, you know, parenting role that's again doesn't make any sense to me because my mom my aunts you know the women in my family really are the ones that raised me and that's not to say that men in my family didn't have you know a hand in that because it was just really the women in my family was just mostly nurturing the men in my family were the ones that right 
you got to go out there. This is what you got to do. Be a provider, be a protector. So just, uh, you know, Batman stems from just like personal problems that women have with their fathers. And then as far as Kanye, again, I don't take anything the man says any serious. He just needs to stop with his slavery talk. Like, don't ever, ever, ever again bring up slavery anytime you're on stage in a song. Just keep your mouth shut about slavery, Kanye. Just make beats. Like, seriously, that's all he has to do at this point. Just make beats. Hopefully, he gets some help he needs. But for the most part, all he needs is a computer and, like, you know, some samples. Just listen to that and make beats. And, um, you know, the first topic we spoke about, the fictional characters, even though it was, you know, on the light side, like Trump, um, Archie Bunker was a real person. And... Fall in the family, and that person exists outside of a TV show. Eric Cartman, again, that's a cartoon character, but Eric Cartman exists out there in real life. And the only thing we could really do is just hopefully, you know, just hope for the best. Hopefully, people learn they could look at Archie Bunker's character and see firsthandly, like, wow, this looks, this is fucked up to be this way. And they just like, you know, people just gotta stop. With the racist rhetoric all over the place, homophobic rhetoric, whatever the case might be, we all just gotta get on. Yeah, with Archie Bunker and Eric Carmen that you mentioned, Joel, that's like yeah. sad time too. And then people grew up actually like, oh yeah, agreeing with it, and they built their own um, uh, worldview based on these characters that were meant to be, you know, satirical. Uh, but I did enjoy uh, kicking back and thinking about like where these, where my favorite characters would be right in today today's world uh, I'm still thinking about it maybe uh, I'll write up a little one page from each show because uh, I think it uh, I think that'd be a kind of kind of fun but also make you think about things you watched growing up and how did that how did that uh, influence how you think today because I'm a big TV and media um, guy uh, with Kanye I think Kanye West is just the perfect example and the Kardashians of uh, the public just uh, treating it like a sideshow or, or like living vicariously through these these characters, like in themselves, they're characters, not seen as like actual people. And uh, I'm on the same page with you guys too, with Kanye. Um, of course, it's, you know, different. Yeah, I just think that uh, it's like a circuit. It's like the greatest show on earth right now, all these celebrities. And we just sit back on our phones and just, watch and get our two cents in but i think uh you know like they're real people but they're they live in these like avatars right now and uh things are just going wild it's like it's a circus and uh the last conversation we had about uh, uh motherhood and fatherhood personally uh looking back uh both my parents were had both qualities like they had like the feminine and masculine because my mother went out there and my father went out there all day and did overtime for like years, like a, de- like a decade, you know, like doing overtime. And my mom would come home. And then after working all day, she'd like cook for us. And I'm thinking about it as like an adult now. I'm like, damn, she had like an hour or two during the week up to herself. And uh, that's kind of like a masculine thing too. Like the father working all day and he just kicks back for her an hour from the TV and falls asleep these you know and then my father worked all day but he probably cooked for me more 
you know. I went to his I went to his apartment. I went to his uh, I went to his place uh, the other week, and right away it was like, oh, I'm gonna cook for you. Like, what do you want? And he made me like breakfast that he used to make for me. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's like fifty fifty, and I think uh, there's a lot of people out there who grew up the same way. Um, maybe a minority, but I think uh, going forward in my own personal life, I'm not gonna uh, follow what I think I should be doing. I'm going to follow what I want to do and what's best for me and, and my partner and possible children. I'm not going to fall into like traps of this is what I may need to do. And then I feel, and I feel insecure. Or I, uh, not, and then I'm not happy. And that, then my kid is going to grow up, you know, not, not, you know, having their own issues. And I just want to make uh, like, again, with the, we're both in the same age range and we don't have kids. I know most of my friends have kids now and um, I just want to do it when it's, when it's the best time, you know, it's not like a rush. Yeah. Yeah. And before I close out the show, I just want to circle back to where we began the show. Um, uh, I highly doubt uh, they would be listening, but I know they're, you know, our friend, our friends are Yankee fans. And even if you're not a Yankee fan, you know, a lot of people don't like, our team, but I don't, for a team, I, I really don't recall like the Yankees ever doing anything to bring a distraction to themselves up until that announcement last night. So I just want to end, end this off by sincerely hoping that Hal Steinbrenner, who's, you know, the, the managing, the, the majority owner of the Yankees, so essentially he's a decision maker. You know, he looks around, reads the room cuz I'm I'm positive from what I've read it wasn't his idea. Um the Yankees president uh Randy Levine who Joel if you know he's probably the reason Dylan Batances is playing for the Mets right now instead of the Yankees. A uh, very vocal person sometimes not in 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 sometimes not to the betterment of the Yankees he has a relationship with Donald Trump so I assume uh after Fauci throughout the first pitch in Washington you know Trump probably got on the horn with him and asked you know him if he could come and or maybe he requested Trump to come and and throw out the first pitch but if you know, right after the Giants knelt on Monday, Trump said he's, he was glad baseball was back, but if players kneel, the game's over for him. Last night, as Joel said, both teams, the Nationals and the Yankees, knelt in solidarity to honor, you know, Black Lives Matter and to fight social injustice or spread a message about social injustice and using that platform. So it, it seemed very nefarious that the Yankees would announce or at least confirm that they had planned for Donald Trump to throw out the first pitch on August 15th. Cause you know, you, you basically uh, going in, uh, going against uh, all the people that knelt last night, that being every single member of the team that was on the field. So I, I strongly encourage uh, Hal Steinbrenner to reconsider this. And I, I, I believe 
you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe by August 15th, between now and then, it, it'll, it'll be scrapped. But, you know, we had a fun uh, show today. We talk about a lot of different things. Mike, you want to say something? Yeah, about the uh, – Levine, it was businessman. I think this is strictly business. Um, they want to please everyone. And they know, uh, like, majority of Ink fans feel one way. And then another, you know, another portion uh, feel one way. And they're trying to please everyone because they don't want to get in a situation like Washington. You know, they want to keep everything, uh, you know, please everyone, which is very hard nowadays to make a compromise. So I think it's just a strictly business decision. We'll see uh, see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I just hope, sincerely hope they um, reconsider it. I think they will. Um, Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Hank. I feel like he probably would have spoke up way. He, he would have definitely said something. Rest in peace to Hank Steinbrenner. Yeah. Like he was like vocal as hell. Like he was more like George than Hank uh, than Howlers. Yeah, I think Hank and George, like they, they definitely would see, would read the room. And, you know, like I said, um, the, the reason why. Politics aside, because uh, politics aside and the person, him as a person aside, because those are already two things to hold against him. But during this pandemic, the man literally a week ago, this is the end of July, and people have been saying, if we wear masks, we could probably stop this disease. We could have stopped this disease like in its tracks months ago and he just decided to wear a mask and there are hundreds hundreds of thousands of american citizens there's more people that have died from this than wars and you're gonna have him throwing out a first pitch i just it's tone deaf and a terrible message to send to the country and to send to the world because the yankees are a global global brand and you're basically trotting out the biggest joke. And as a member of the Yankees, like Aaron Judge, and I mean, not even Aaron Judge, and I don't want to point out just the black players because everybody knelt in solidarity. You have all these other teams where players would stand and they put their hand on the shoulder. Everybody knelt last night. So you're, you're taking a person that has called people who kneel during the anthem sons of bitches. He, he's letting you know what he feels about your players. And for them to do that is disrespectful to us as fans. It's disrespectful to uh, the players that knelt. And I posted on Twitter the other day. I mean, I posted on Instagram, I think, a couple of days ago. Like, if I was a person, if, if I was a professional athlete, I would kneel. And I understand, I would kneel and I wouldn't explain it because Colin Kaepernick from day one explained why he was kneeling and people were willfully ignorant to it. So for people to have to explain it now doesn't make sense. But what I would say if a reporter asked me why I kneeled, I would say, this is America and I am American and I chose to do it. If people want me to stand they can leave the country and move to some military dictatorship 
where they force patriotism upon you and let and tell you tells you what patriotism is basically flipping their argument on them if you don't like it leave it if you don't like the fact that people are exercising their first amendment right to protest get out leave but this was episode 12 of Shug Me the Mooney, and I'm so glad to have shared this time with you, Joel, and to share this time with you, Michael. Likewise, guys. Always a fun time with you guys. Absolutely. And uh, we have the links here. Just follow us on uh, social media. We'll have all our links. Uh, check out Joel's music, JR Ultra. We'll have a link for that, too. And uh, yeah, Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. <laughs>